0: I thought it was riding, <laughs>
1: Welcome to our newest program of the Local Food Roundup. I'm Chris LaPaglia.
2: And I'm Ann Bose. We're here to bring you our ongoing series of news, views, and interviews about local food here on the Palouse.
1: This week I've got an interview with Daniel Stewart from the Moscow Farmers Market talking to us about this year's market. It's coming up. But before that, I want to talk to you about some special local food, and that's KRFP's Real Radio Dinner and Auction Gala, coming up March 31st. So it's right around the corner this weekend. It's a 6 p.m. beer and wine bar mingle, 7 p.m. dinner, 8 p.m. live auction, and it's a really important fundraiser for us. Be catered by Black Cypress of Pullman. Tickets for the dinner are $40, and you got to hurry out and get them because it's coming up this weekend. We need to know if you're going to be there. It's good locally cooked food. And now here's our interview with Daniel Stewart, Moscow Farmers Market Manager. All right, Daniel Stewart, welcome to the Local Food Roundup.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: So how long have you been the Moscow Farmers Market Manager?
2: Well, Chris, this is my third season. Um... Two years ago, I started uh, with the city of Moscow as a um, part-time and temporary um, manager for the Moscow Farmers Market. And the position has has grown with the market since then. And so now I'm uh, full-time and, and here to serve the uh, community as, as much as we can. In three
1: years, what's changed at the market since you've been starting out?
2: Well... We have a few new things that we've worked on this year. Really, my first couple of seasons, I, I wanted to get to know the market and really assess where it is, which is uh, phenomenal and growing. And it's a it's a, it's a wonderful wonderful group of vendors, group of people, and so fortunately, there wasn't too much for me to necessarily change, but rather organize. So we've seen a lot of internal changes, if you will. I've worked really hard with our. Market Commission over the last couple of years, as we've developed a strategic plan, and part of that plan was to develop this full-time management role. We've recently released a new handbook, which is an organization of our existing policies and some processes, and then really an in-depth look at the market management structure and that, you know how to how the markets um, run and a description of the the commission and things like that. This year is exciting for us. We'll be bringing together programming from local entities as well as Farmers Market Coalition offers the Power of Produce Club and some programming that that focuses on nutrition education and, and well-being for youth in the in the community
1: so i know you've been busy the last couple weeks getting the vendors all lined up and that's the full-time vendors people are going to be there all through the market
2: well we've been working with all of our vendors we opened registration march 12th part of the you know there's some some new processes there with our new handbook and 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 things like that so we've been I've, i've spent all week i i was here all week working with vendors registering them at city hall and accepting paperwork and um and kind of all of that stuff, and so we're just moving right along the process. I'm I'm pretty excited. We're we've managed to register a fair portion of our vendors, and and looking at the date, we're maybe a few weeks ahead, or um, almost even a month ahead of of when we've had this many people registered in the past. So it's pretty exciting for us. It's kind of a lot of work on the front end, but hopefully, you know, by by taking care of these uh, everyone right now, we'll be able to focus on rolling out the season as we get closer
1: okay so if you're not registered now then you basically that's it you got to wait till next year for the farmer's market
2: no we've opened registration it 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 doesn't necessarily close you know we accept vendors all throughout the season and, and and new vendors that are wanting to sell craft or food products We'll need to come through a jury process that, that we host and information for this is available on our city website. We have a registration for our juries and, and then, you know, if your product is uh, approved through the jury process, the evaluation process, then you can go ahead and sign up for market and participate. But where we're at right now is we've had our existing vendors or, you know, the the previous vendors just coming through and and signing
1: up okay so if you happen to have a bumper crop of something and you find out in August then you still can show up and get into the market most stuff.
2: certainly yeah and and that goes for even specific produce I uh, rarely hear from any pumpkin vendors until about August or September so they're getting ready for you know the last few markets and, and that goes with other products and whatnot but yeah there's there's definitely a chance to, to sign up and sell your produce um, all throughout the season.
1: So has the market grown a lot? Have you, do you have more vendors than ever before?
2: Yeah, we've been seeing quite a exponential amount of growth since we've moved to Main Street five years ago. I believe this is our fifth season on Main. When they moved out of the Jackson lot, the Jackson parking lot, and onto Main Street that year, uh, I think we had about uh, 60 vendors. And in the past few years, we've had um anywhere from 125 to just over 130 vendors and so that opportunity for more space that main street gave us was filled up quickly and so yeah we it's exciting we get to see new vendors sometimes vendors go you know for a number of other reasons and so there's usually a about a 10 percent fluctuation there that that we get to see
1: New people coming in, old people dropping out. But do you still have room for more vendors if people wanted to sell food that they grew?
2: Absolutely. And and that's a purview of the Moscow Farmers Market and the and the Market Commission is that we are a farmer's market and, and the <laughs> agriculture comes
1: first. So. Oh, okay. So if, you, if you're if you growing food, you have priority over another vendor.
2: Uh, yeah. We, um, it's lined out in our policies, and it's, it's something that we've uh, held... I think from the beginning, you know, held held close from the beginning.
1: So do you actually have the market ever be full where main streets full from 3rd all the way to 6th?
2: Most certainly. Yeah. And most in my since I've started I've seen most of the markets filled to that level. The the busiest we get is when we're able to also fill out on 5th Street and then occasionally we'll go on a a wait list but we've we haven't had to approach that too many times
1: okay so if you if you want to sell stuff in the moscow farmers market and you want to make a living at it you might want to get in early and get your space
2: well you know just like with i think you know kind of all the the basics for operating successful business it's it, it is sort of getting all your ducks in a row you know working out your plan thinking through your season thinking through your expenses you know there's it's not just as simple as coming down and setting up a tent. You know, this is uh, full time, and, and sometimes for many vendors, more than full time business.
1: Do you have any plans to expand ever the market? Is that in the works somewhere?
2: Well, with every major decision, commission evaluates, and and, and we like to take some serious measures in, into accounts like that. Um, I I certainly hear both sides of the story. A lot of people would like to see an expansion. A lot of people um, aren't interested. But I think the smartest move is to really evaluate and, and, and take some time to, to, to see what the impact of that might be. you know when, when we moved out of the Jackson lot there was the, the same process was applied, and that was before the Market commission had formed and so the advisory board had had looked at the impact of moving to Main Street and had that discussion with the city council as well so
0: there's a number of steps to get to
2: you know having a solid answer to that question you know I, I i do know that the commission is always reviewing these sort of parameters and impacts you know the um the layout or the you know the customer base the the, the vendor base and, and things like that
1: yeah i know when uh, the move to main street happened and a lot of the businesses on main street are like oh no people won't be able to drive, they won't be able to park, and my business is going to go down. But actually, the opposite happened. Isn't that right?
2: Well, um, that's a a sticky subject. (laughs) Um, I I think overall, um, a a large portion of the downtown businesses that are open on Saturdays have really embraced the markets, move to Main Street. I, I know that there are certain parameters that are, are difficult you know um, and and certain businesses have not felt the you know the the increase in in foot traffic and or shopping and so you know what I've been working on over the last couple of years is is connecting with these business owners and uh, and seeking some solutions and so the, the the market commission is also aware of the situation here and and we're assessing the, the kind of five-year point of where we're at and, um, and and really taking a look at some of these things a little closer.
1: So what kind of options are there for uh, changing the market in the future? Is there another site in mind or a number of other sites or, or maybe going further up Main Street? Or how would, we, how would it expand if it needed to really get bigger?
2: I... You know, there's. I think there's a number of answers for that, really. Um, And and honestly, I would not foresee market leaving Main Street. And I I, I think that um, there's data out there that shows the impact, um, especially in a community of ours that really utilizes our downtown and our and our um, you know our court park there, Friendship Square, and and what you know sort of what the community health impact of that is you know we we really bond downtown and we really bond on Saturdays downtown and and so it's more than just an economic impact and i i would not really foresee the market moving to a different site you know it's, it's such a central location for for us here in moscow and so with that you know then it's a, it's a look at the remainder of the footprint on main street but you know before anyone really approaches that like I said, the commission and, and, and council really likes thorough evaluations of the impact and the sustainability of a uh, of a move like that, you know. Could the market survive expanding again? Is our community and our travelers enough, you know? Um, but, you know, there's an opportunity to look down the line, you know, 10, 20 years here. So how
1: long has the farmer's market been going anyway here in Moscow?
2: Well, in August of 1976, there was a proposal uh, to form a farmer's market to city council, and it was approved. And then in the spring of 1977, um, the market started operation. So we've been...
1: um, Was that, 31 years so far? No, 40.
2: 41. 41st year of operation. Um, We're 42 years old.
1: Wow. So yeah, so another 10, 20 years down the line... You can reasonably expect it'll still be going and healthy.
2: Most certainly, and, and especially with, you know, the, the growth that the city of Moscow is looking at. And I, I think we have an extremely vibrant market and a community that um, supports it. Um, you know, these, these two things are, are key fundamentals to the success and longevity of the market.
1: Yeah. Uh, so in terms of local food, pretty much everyone who sells food there is local. Uh, but there's there's not a limit. I mean, you could drive over here from Tri-Cities, for example, if you wanted to. Are there vendors who come from, say, 100, 200 miles away on Saturdays?
2: Well, there there actually is a limit, Chris. Um, our Moscow Farmers Market Commission, as a number of years ago, set a 200-mile air limit to the market. And, and so the reaches of this extend and past the Tri-Cities, actually, just almost to the sort of foothills of the Cascades. Um, it crosses over into Montana quite a bit, so you capture a lot of western Montana and then down through almost all of southern Idaho um, and into Oregon. And so it's it's quite a reach, and so we do have a number of our vendors traveling a um, great distance to, to sell here, but we also have uh, equally as many uh, farmers and growers and producers within i would say a much closer radius
1: okay so 200 miles limit is pretty high but there is a limit that is the limit
2: yes yeah huh? okay yeah and that's like air miles as the uh, as the crow flies if you will
1: yeah it could be quite a bit more driving time
2: most certainly some of my vendors come the night before because it's such a long drive
1: uh-huh and, uh, as to how much food is getting moved there, um, how many do you have an estimate? How many pounds of food or dollars worth of food? Do you measure the amount of food that you guys sell every year?
2: Um, we're We're looking forward to um, finding ways to capture some of those, um, I think really beneficial numbers you know what what sort of weight you know of tomatoes and and squash are moved you know through the market we've certainly seen you know some economic data we we have like i said a um, a a very vibrant market there's certain items that you know just just sell straight out so quickly i've i've seen one of my vendors he's a strawberry farmer in hermiston and he brings you know hundreds of flats of strawberries and you know, he'll be out by eleven or noon and in in certain items like that. So it
1: So I guess the technical term is a big buttload of food. You guys are selling a lot of food but you don't know exactly how much.
2: Yeah. Uh you know and, and but it is it is a um point of interest to capture and you know it's it's really remarkable. We we see so many different types of shoppers, you know, we have we have our shoppers that like to gather the, the freshest ingredients to make preserves or to, to save. We have, you know, your casual shopper just strolling to the market. You've got folks coming through town that are passing through to Coeur d'Alene or, or south, you know, that have never been to our market. And, you know, they end up leaving with handfuls of, you know, bags. And, and so it's really great. I You know, I think the number one selling point, is that you know exactly where your food's coming from. You know, the market requires that the farmers are there. And so you, you get to be face-to-face with your farmer. You get, to, you get to ask them questions. You get to learn about their growing practice. You really get to know what nutrients you're putting in your body.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I could add another type of shopper to that. And I know some of the restaurants in town... Oh, yeah. Towards the end of the market, they start coming through and just whatever's left, they're like, "Okay, what, yeah, are, what even, do we got?" Yeah, even,
2: you know, th- that that sometimes works out as a good deal and and sometimes what happens is they'll pick up their their produce, they'll, they'll make a wholesale order and then they'll just pick it up at the end of market or you know, uh, at the very beginning. We also have some of our restaurant owners that like to enjoy market and they stroll, you know, up and down and and they have got one of our red wagons and and they're just purchasing a few items to highlight on their menu that night or, you know, for the week. And so it's it's great. It's really neat to see those levels of involvement. You know, you can bring market home. You can have market at the restaurant.
1: Yeah, it's really a, a community asset in a lot of different dimensions for sure. Oh, well, certainly. Guys, you guys are upping your game a little bit. I mean, lately you've had heaters. Now you got, you've had bands. Now we got two bands. Uh, two musical performances every time. Is this uh, kind of stuff, is this detracting from the market? Is it getting more expensive to run? Is the market profitable? Well,
2: not necessarily. So we get a lot of donations and things like that, and a lot of (laughs) hand-me-downs. And so a couple of seasons ago, we were able to utilize some heaters that were passed on. And, you know, unfortunately they didn't survive some of the harsh environment that is included with with market. You know, they they were more your patio style heaters and we're unloading them and loading them out of a truck onto onto main. And so when they started to experience some breakage, we, we happily passed them along to where they could survive. But with the other parts, you know, we we added additional performance slot simply because you know, Moscow not only is it full of you know amazing growers and, and craftspeople. You know, it's arts. It's you know it, it, there's a lot here, and so we had a demand really for folks that just wanted to come down and perform. We have our busking spots. You know, so there's there's entertainment at all little parts of the market, and then you know we're able to partner with other people in the community to bring programming. You know, to help share those expenses to really help kind of spread that load out and and. And still provide education and entertainment to you know all ages.
1: Yeah, I mean it's got to be a lot to juggle. And I have seen or heard actually that you're standing somewhere and you can hear you can hear the main band and then you can hear uh, a guy playing the guitar and then you can hear somebody else uh, singing and it gets a little cacophonous at a time from time to time. But it's got to be really hard to juggle to get everybody in there like you say you are partnering with a lot of people the university master gardeners um there's no end of people
2: yeah yeah backyard harvest we partner with and they they facilitate our SNAP
1: benefits and
2: so that's a huge one for me because they have they have someone there who's available throughout market to to be an access point for, you know, our community members with that are utilizing these benefits and so you can swipe your EBT card and you can receive market money, you get a bonus for every $5 you get an additional $2 and, you know, without that partnership because we are such a limited resource, you know, that would be a very difficult aspect to facilitate and and likewise with Eat Smart Idaho and University Cows bringing Nutrition and and science education to our youth and, and and general public. You know, it's an absolute necessity. To you know, we rely on these partnerships and volunteers to keep us going. And and yeah, there's a lot to balance. It you know, it's it's quite a quite a show. My staff and I are here in between five and six and a.m. to get going. And we we see a lot of um, our vendors come in early and. We just shuffle them in and shuffle them out. It, it, it seems to work out just fine.
1: Part of the partnership, how about nonprofit groups? It used to be nonprofit groups sort of had a area off to the side where they could set up for free. Is that still going?
2: Most certainly, yeah. We call it our speaker space, and I have um, information. I've been talking with a lot of groups right now, actually, that have been um, just, just getting the information, learning how to how to do it, how to sign up, what to do. It's not just nonprofit groups. It's anyone. It's our First Amendment wall. So we we designated an area for free speech within the market, and, and that's just alongside Friendship Square. There, yeah, it's a it's a very popular and busy part of Market itself.
1: Is that space limited? Are you finding that it fills up?
2: I think on some good days, I've seen it pretty full. I haven't yet had it spill over where I need to find some space elsewhere. It usually. Is pretty well lined out down the whole side there.
1: So. Okay, so if you got if you have a message that you want a political, environmental, uh, public interest, any sort of message that you want to bring to the people of Moscow then the Farmers Market is definitely a forum that's open for you to come to.
2: Yes, certainly. You know, informational tabling is sort of you know how I like to refer to it, and it's open to anyone. There's there's no registration, there's no fee. It's first come first serve, and you know we have. A set of policies and frequently asked questions to help guide you through the process. But it's pretty simple. And, and yeah, like I said, it's it's open to everyone. How
1: about another demographic? How about kids taking part in the market? Do you have any special programs for kids who want to sell stuff?
2: We do. Yeah, we absolutely encourage young entrepreneurs through a youth vending program. It's a special, very discounted rate. And we have kind of an area um, or a couple of areas that we like to find it it sort of flows a little bit i like to get the kids some exposure the um and not kind of tuck them away in the corner but you know the the market's kind of dynamic so i do have sort of a couple areas last year we were right at the junction of fifth street and main around the berry guy and that seemed to work out well and you know we've we had a a number of success a lot of our youth vendors were were really able to bring some products and 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 see some success so it's, it's really exciting you know when when I was that age, I, I I sold subscriptions to the, you know, local newspaper and I think ran all over town and, and made a quarter of what they were making. So pretty exciting to see the youth come down and, and, and sell their, you know, innovative crafts, foods, you know, or even plants. There's There's kids that that sell plants too and and other produce.
1: Wow, that's great. So the market's being run by and large by the market commission, uh, working with the city council. Uh, How does the market commission, who is the market commission anyway? What kind of people are those?
2: The market does kind of operate in a partnership here. We have, you know, staff operations and just like with any department in the city, things are reviewed by the city council. We like to Keep city council apprised of where market's at and year to year talk about what's new. I just had a, a presentation to council on the 5th of, of this month and went over our new handbook and, and some of our new programming. Our commission is a collective body of volunteers, uh, nine members. They're appointed by the mayor, just like with any of our other commercial commissions. And we have certain at-large representatives. We have certain specific representatives from uh, the university uh, extension that work with our local farmers. And then we have vendor representatives too from the arts and crafts, the foods, and, and the agricultural side so we meet monthly the first Tuesday at 4, usually in council chambers, and there's a public's welcome. There's a 10-minute public comment period at the beginning. And, yeah, we, we go over, you know, the commission is really the, the guiding body of, uh, of market. And so we discuss issues that might arise and, and ways we might navigate things. And then we also look down the line at, at the future and then a lot of housekeeping stuff. You know, they're involved in policy review. They're um and, uh, you know, any other kind of things like that that come up.
1: So if people wanted to get a hold of you, uh, I guess the best way would be to go through the... Uh, yeah,
2: so I, my information's out there in a number of places. You know, number one, I've got an office here at City Hall. We have a farmer's market page on our City of Moscow website. It has... Uh, my information listed there and all of the commission dates, things like that, uh, upcoming dates that you want to pay attention to. It has jury reservation forms and vendor handbook is on our farmer's market page. Don't forget about our social media. We have Twitter account, Instagram, and our Facebook, I believe, has a number of several thousand followers, really supported the community yeah so there's a number of ways to get a hold of me so
1: coming up is not too long and this is your busy season getting ready for the market when is the first market of this year
2: it is the busy season we're getting getting ready as the the thaw's kind of coming off of us our first market's the first saturday in in may so that would be may 5th and we run all the way through to the end of october so i mean october 27th is our last market so i think if we're looking at it we're Gosh, almost. It was just. I think this puts us at six weeks out, six or seven weeks out from market. So yeah, we're getting excited.
1: All right. Well, we'll let you get back to work, Dan Stewart. Thanks for joining us in the local food roundup.
2: Chris, thank you for the time and uh, have a great day.
0: Thank you.
1: Well, that's it for this show. The Local Food Roundup is a production of KRFP in Moscow, Idaho.
0: As always, the views presented in this program do not necessarily represent the views of KRFP, its board,
2: staff, or members.
1: And remember that local food may not be free, but... It sure can set you free. Thanks for listening.
0: hungry every minute of the day Roly-poly, gnawing on a biscuit Long as he can chew it, it's okay He can eat an apple pie and never even bat a knife He likes everything from soup to hay Roly-poly, daddy's a little fatty Bet he's gonna be a man someday for breakfast bread and jelly 20 times a day Hola. roly poly eats a hearty dinner it takes lots of strength to run and play yes yes pulls up weeds and does the chores and he runs both ways to all the stores he works up an appetite that way oh, oh. oh roly poly daddy's a little fatty bet he's gonna be a man someday